Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by Ben MGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's get back to the games. And I'm really looking forward to talking about this one. We've got the Vikings and the Broncos. Denver's a two and a half point favorite at home with a total of 42 and a half. Joe, what are you thinking here? Well, why don't I throw it back to you? Because I know you have a strong opinion on this one. So uh, where, where are you at? A lot of people do, I, I've learned. It's yeah. an obvious teaser spot with the dog just short of that number of three mm-hmm. in, in a low total game. But uh, I, I know you have an opinion on the side. Where are you going? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm taking the Vikings here. And I know it's weird to say, hey, Josh Dobbs, who is largely just a trade piece, uh, could start out, what is it, 3-0 and in a Vikings uniform? But I think that's where we are. I think that's the era we are in uh, where Josh Dobbs can be a successful starting quarterback in this league, I suppose. Part of the problem is that, okay, Denver was historically bad defensively. We get all that. And they have been playing better over the last few weeks. Fine. I still think, though, that the Broncos are struggling a bit in man coverage. And I think even without Justin Jefferson, these Vikings receivers are a few I am more than comfortable with. Now, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkins, all these guys. Like, I do feel like that after your ace receiver, you can trust everybody else. And if this Broncos defense really is better in zone coverage, like, okay, in man, you trust Patrick Sertan, right? Like, he's going to be phenomenal. He's one of the reasons why Stephon Diggs didn't play well Monday night. But the difference here is that you don't trust the other receivers for the Bills. I think you do trust the other receivers for Minnesota. And so I think Josh Dobbs will still be able to do whatever he wants. I think that matters a great deal. And I do think in terms of Denver's offensive attack, like, yeah, they're going to run the ball a good bit. But I also don't think that's going to be enough to perhaps keep up with a more high-flying approach that I think the Vikings will have. So to me, I would back Minnesota plus two and a half. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's it. Th- this is one of those games, Aaron, where I, I found it funny. The more and more people, it seems like a lot of people have an opinion on this game, and it's pretty split down the middle. I've heard strong cases for the Denver side, also strong cases for the Minnesota side, and what I'm going to take a look at is Hawkinson props because I mean, well, why not? First off, the Broncos <laughs> have not done very well this season against the tight end position. And sometimes you're going against top end guys like Kincaid is good. He's not great yet, but um, they, he, they faced Kelsey a couple times. He torched them, of course. But Cole Komet had a monster game for the Bears against them. Uh, the, the commander's tight ends combined for 89 yards. And Hawkinson got all the targets last week. So if, especially if Jefferson's not out there, I mean, Hawkinson got 15 targets against New Orleans. So I would think uh, that those Hawkinson props are going to do very well, but we don't have receptions or receiving yards available yet. I'm sure part of that is because of uh, we're waiting on Jefferson news. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings and Josh Dobbs are just clicking on all cylinders. And I do think the Broncos turnaround is real, but I still think they have a little ways to go. I mean, they were or still are one of the worst defenses in the league. So like, you know, what, where could they go, but up, you know what I mean? And I think against this mm-hmm. Vikings team, it's going to be tough. And I just think they have a little ways to go. So I will be on the Vikings side here. Prop I want to ask you guys about Russell Wilson. A, how has he looked all season long in your eyes? And B, what can we do to either back him or fade him? Because it it does seem like that with Denver, they're probably a little bit more reliable things that we can point to as far as what can happen. But I think when the Broncos get into the red zone, 
that, okay, obviously Javante Williams may be the obvious approach, but what if Wilson uses a little play action? What if he decides to throw it after a potential handoff and he does this a couple of times to kind of fool Minnesota's defense where they're going to probably throw the kitchen sink at him? I like Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 145. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, Russell Wilson has looked a lot better. It, It felt like on Monday it was a bit of a throwback. And was there luck involved? Sure. Or was it just Russ being Russ? Like how many times did he do the shovel pass just to just to keep a drive just going? And, you know, players arm reaches out another inch and then that breaks the play up. It was just like last second. Most quarterbacks are getting sacked in that spot and he was still finding ways to deliver the football. So I do have to give him credit there that he'd certainly uh, figure things out. Broncos country. Let's ride. Uh, but it, you know, you talk, you see Russ after the game. It felt like a felt like old school Sunday night football. Like, oh, there's Russ finding a way to get it done once again. And they <laughs> found a way, even though the bills helped them along the way. But um but yeah, no, I certainly think that they he deserves credit, even though it is not through the air. And that's okay. They're finding ways to get it done via the ground game. And that's what we always expected. That's what we thought by just watching what they were doing with the personnel on this team. Okay, they're trying to beef up the offensive line. They're going to they're gonna work on the run game. Sean Payton understands this is not the same old Russ. And, you know, I, I know, Ed, that you're not believing in it, but you look at the last four weeks, I would say, this defense, they're 10th in EPA per play. And they have faced some pretty good offenses. And it started with that Chiefs game. So, yeah, I, I think they're – I know the numbers still say 32 because the beginning was so awful. But maybe they're more like an average to below average defense instead, which is a massive step up from where they were. Right. Couldn't yeah, be worse. Yeah, I totally right? – I totally agree with that. I think because they started off so bad, you look at like where they are they're at right now, DVOA, for example, last in the league, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not reflective of what they've been doing the last few games. I like Russell Wilson over twenty seven and a half rushing yards. It's obvious that he's running mm-hmm. the ball, so maybe they're gonna do more to contain him here in this matchup, but he's gone over that five times. So he's had 30 the last couple games. He's had a 49, a 56. So I might look at that. For sure. The the ground game will have to matter a good bit, especially if Minnesota continues to blitz the way they have. Uh, If, say, a couple of pass rushers get a little bit too far and maybe there's some open space up the middle, definitely I can see Russell Wilson using his legs a good bit more in a situation like that. So uh, I definitely like that look, Aaron, for sure. How about we move on now to the Seahawks and the Rams? Because I know there's a little bit of disagreement as far as this one is concerned. So let's do it. Seahawks, Mm -hmm. one-point favorites on the road, total of 46 and a half. Joe, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm on the Rams. Uh, You're on the uh, visiting Seahawks there, laying a point, and I I think it's going to be somewhere around that that number. The Rams, they've they've lost three straight, but I think all all of that, or most of it, was without Matthew Stafford. Uh, The Rams coming off the bye, and uh, McVay has been very successful against Pete Carroll in his time, but uh, it's going to be very interesting because they they faced off to start the season. Rams took care of business without Cooper Cup. And it's it's trying to figure out this Seahawks team for me. And they really are a conundrum, aren't they? Like sometimes they look so damn good and the yardage is super high. Like it's it's nearly touching 500 yards like it did last week 
against Washington. And they, and they were supposed to snap, right? That's the worst secondary going in the NFL right now. 6.6 yards per play. It was terrific. And then sometimes you're just left wondering, like, you guys have all this talent on the field. What is going on? Why, why are the Washington Commanders putting up, what, 36 on you when you have this terrific tandem at cornerback? Like, I just don't understand. It, it does feel <laughs> like they, they've been underwhelming this season to some of the talent that they've acquired on the field. And maybe some of it is, is certainly uh Geno Smith regression, but I am on the Rams. I, I you know, I, I accept, expect McVay to have something dialed up. He's been uh, preparing for this one for a couple of weeks and now he gets his quarterback back. Now, a lot of this is going to be what version of Matthew Stafford that we're going to see in this game. They've also, the Rams have under the radar had a very strong run game this season. And they've been dealing with injuries there. So I think that's been part of uh, their struggles of late. It wasn't all just about the Matthew Stafford injury. But when when all of them are healthy, including the quarterback, this is one of the better uh, receiver tandems in the league. Hmm. This is a tough one. I'm probably mm-hmm. not going to play a side in this matchup. Just this is a toss up because is Matthew Stafford going to be rusty? What are we going to get? These two offenses are hard to figure out for me as well. What about Kenneth Walker? Would you be interested in any Kenneth Walker props? Either of you, that might be the only place I'm looking in this matchup. I game script. No, I, I think this will be a close game. And I also have to believe that Geno Smith will have the ball in his hands a good bit more. So mm-hmm. I could not do that personally, Joe. Yeah. So you look at last week, high scoring affair. He had 20 total touches, 63 rushing yards uh, in the Baltimore game. Games got away from them. They're trailing a ton. He's not going to touch the ball much. Yeah. It kind of depends where this game goes. Like if you think the Seahawks are going to, win comfortably, I, I would definitely buy into that. But if it's a game like last week, a little chaotic near the end, there might be there might not be those opportunities. Yeah, it seems too not dicey all. in this matchup to think <laughs> that they're going to go heavy on the run game. There's really nothing I like in this one. Hate yeah, I mean, it, but... you, you, think, you think about his best games of the year against bottom feeders, Arizona, right. Carolina, and all that makes sense. Now, the other games, he's just kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what's fascinating to me? And I think it's, Aaron, one of the reasons why this game looks so uncertain and why there doesn't seem to be too many good plays is that I think a lot of us, myself included, we're looking at the first matchup to figure out what information we can glean from that and see, okay, what's replicatable? What can we see a second time that maybe we can back? And I'm seeing some really funky things from that w- week one meeting, most notably. You know how many play-action passes Geno Smith had in that first game, Joe? How many play-action mm-hmm. passes Geno Smith had? I'm guessing Zero. not many. Okay. None. Geno Smith is a play-action quarterback. Like, that's what makes him great is being able to, doing? you know, fake the run and then throw it deep to one of his great receivers. Didn't do that at all. And, and not only that, like, all the runs, like, yeah, they were up against light boxes, but they weren't working. Like, I would argue for Shane Waldron, the offense coordinator, that was his worst called game of his career. I don't mm-hmm. think anything was going right to where I got to think there's some positive regression available. And that's largely why I am backing the Seahawks here. Yes, we are in a, in a disagreement there, but I, I just think too many bad things happened where it got out of control. 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, a pair of NFC contenders who are big favorites. 49ers hosting the Bucks. Cowboys going to Carolina. All that and more right here on the BetQL Network.